Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Warren Wearsby, who was a pastor, he's now gone on and to be with the Lord, but he was a very popular pastor and he was a well-known Bible teacher in all the world. He once made this incredible statement. Listen to this. He said, after 40 years of ministry, I'm convinced that spiritual immaturity is the number one problem in our churches. That's what Pastor Warren says. He says, spiritual immaturity is the number one problem in the church. And as I thought about that, I thought about the little boy who fell out, of, fell out of bed in the middle of the night. I think we've all done that a time or two. Hopefully you don't have bunk beds and fallen off bunk beds because that's a high fall. But this little boy fell off the bed. His mother comes rushing in and asked him what happened. And he says, I don't know. I guess I stayed too close to where I got in. Right? That's how he fell off. He stayed too close where he got in. And as I thought about the story, didn't it just made a lot of sense. And you said, why, Pastor? Well, listen, because I think so many of us do that with our faith. What do you mean? Well, I, I believe that a lot of Christians, they stay too close where they got in. And they're not, they're not growing. They're walking in spiritual immaturity. And see, that's what's happening here at the church at Corinth. That's what's going on. That's, that's the underlying message in, in the church of Corinth. And, and before we jump into our text, I need to remind you who Paul is writing to. Remember, Corinth is just a melting pot there in, 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 in the world. They've got thinking. You've got, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy city. I don't have time to get into it. But remember, what Paul is doing, he's addressing Christians. He's addressing this little church that he planted. And the main problem that Paul sees is that this, listen, guys, that they're not growing spiritually. They're not growing spiritually. They are what the Bible calls carnal Christians. And he says, you guys are spiritual babies. The problem is, is that you prefer milk instead of meat. Now, again, I'm just like, what, what does that mean? Well, here they are. They're supposed to be growing up. They're supposed to be maturing. And instead of maturing, they're still wanting milk. And you go, well, that's just, just crazy. Now, we're spiritually speaking. But as I was reading the text and I was thinking, God, what do you want me? He reminded me of a story. Really, what happened to me, I'll never forget it, about four years ago, um, Natalie, we went through a chemo treatment, and I, I, mean, I did it, I just, they're supportive, but she went through the chemo treatment, and, and chemo just to wipe her out, I mean, it used to, she used to be really good up until the point where she got home, and then she would be really tired, and I remember bringing her home, and putting her to bed, and shutting off the fan, because everything made her dizzy, I mean, it was just not good, and I remember getting her all comfortable, and I was like, okay, what do I do now? And so I remember sitting on my recliner and turning on the TV. It's like, okay, I want to lay at her rest, but I need to be here in case she needs me. And I remember turning on the TV, and it was about 4 o'clock. And at 4 o'clock, I don't know if you know what comes on, but Dr. Phil comes on, okay? Very popular show, Dr. Phil. I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch. I don't know what comes on at 4. And it was, um, it was Dr. Phil. Now, for the sake of our text, I went back and I looked this up, Okay. I looked it up, and, and here it was. It was episode 1769, and Dr. Phil entitled it this, Usual, Unusual Syndrome and Fears. That was the name of the segment, right? Now, 
The reason I tell you this is because that episode was very disturbing. Understand the context. I'm sitting on my recliner. Nathalie's in there sleeping, trying to get some rest from the effects of the chemo that was going through her. And I'm watching this. And guess what, what it was? It was literally about, check this out, a 24-year-old man named Brett who was or is an adult baby. You go, what do you mean? He admits to wearing diapers, 24-year-old man, to wearing diapers, sleeping in a custom-made crib, and having his girlfriend, now how he got a girlfriend, I'll never know, (laughs) having his girlfriend bathe him, change him, and spoon-feed him. This is on Dr. Phil. And I'm just like, you, you got to be kidding me, right? you got to be kidding me. Now, here's a, I'm sitting going, no, no, this is not in our world. No. And, 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 and here it is, man. Here's a grown man literally acting like a baby. He's wearing diapers and having his girlfriend change him. And I'm just, I, I'm sitting here, can't, I can't believe this. Now, now, here's what Dr. Phil writes. I find it interesting. He says, is this a fetish, a disorder, or a lifestyle? I'm just like, I don't care what it is, right? And so as, as, as I, I remember watching and as Nathalie slept and, and it was really quite disturbing, kind of the same look that you're giving me right now. You're just like, <laughs> yet it was intriguing. And you say, why, Pastor Ben? Because here's a fully functioning 24-year-old acting like a baby, like a toddler. And this blew my mind. This blew my mind. Now, listen, we're not here to judge this man, but it does illustrate what Paul is dealing with spiritually at Corinth. Spiritually speaking. You go, why? Because as he comes to chapter 3, Paul says, man, I've got to talk to these guys. The gloves come off, as you will, Because what he's going to do, if you're taking note, is now he's going to reveal the consequences of division. He's already given us the causes, okay? You're you're going after personality conflicts. You're going after after people. You're, you're, You're causing division. Now he says, now there's some consequences to this. You go, what's that consequence? Jot this down. The main consequence was their spiritual growth is being stunted. Because you guys... Here's he saying, listen, you're not growing spiritually. You're not growing spiritually. And it was just like, wow. And so what we talked about last week to bring you up to speed, if you recall the church, guys, Paul planted, he comes, he plants this church, he starts to grow them, and they should be growing and walking in the Lord. Here's what's happening. They were seeking wisdom, but they were doing it the wrong way. They weren't going to God to get their wisdom. It wasn't under the power of the Holy Spirit. It was more... Under worldly wisdom, how do we grow worldly-wise? How does this happen, right? And this is what they're doing. They're going and, and they're going all about it the wrong way. Although they had committed to Christ and they had received the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's what happens to us. When you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes up and takes in residence. That's what he does, okay? You're committed to Christ, you're in residence. The problem was is that they were seeking worldly wisdom rather than godly wisdom. Paul hears about this, and he's like, oh, oh, wow. That's why, listen, church, the message of the cross was foolish to them. 
You see, the message of the cross is the gospel. And here's what the gospel does. The gospel changes everything about us. When we truly understand the gospel, it changes our thinking. It changes our heart. It changes who we are. If we truly understand, we are a different person. That's what the gospel does. And so these people understood the gospel enough to get saved, but now they think it's foolish. Why? Because they're seeking the world rather than God. You go, man, that sounds like, a, sounds like the church today. I, I don't understand. Why, why would they think that the cross was foolish? Here's why. Listen, check it out. Because they thought the gospel was too simple. They thought, hey, you got to believe in Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins. No, there's got to be more. There's got to be more to that, right? There's, there's, and, and they thought it was too simple. It was too easy just to believe and begin to grow. More has to be done, right? More has to be done. And the problem, guys, is this church, they, they needed to feel like they were contributing to their own salvation. Isn't that like, man, isn't that like us? Man, we're just like, man, I believe in Jesus, but I got to help him out, right? And, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to serve Jesus to make sure that, that he's not mad at me. I don't want God mad at me, so I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. We'll give money to charities, we'll give money to churches, we'll give money to, to homeless people, we'll give money to whatever, just so God's not mad at us, and, and, and we want to keep in His good graces. And the Bible calls that justification by works, not by faith. Oh, i got to work, make sure, right? And then when we mess up, we're devastated because now we have to start over. Oh, I don't even know if I'm saved. I don't even know if I'm, I don't know, I don't even know if I'm saved. Guys, the gospel should penetrate our thinking so much that we should have the assurance of salvation no matter what. And what I mean by that is I went to visit a lady in the hospital a while back and I just said, oh, I thank God. And, and, and she says, I thank God. And I was praying for her and, and just saying, we were just thanking God that she was okay. And, and her response to me was, and I thought it was very interesting and it broke my heart. I said, well, you know what? Even if, even if something worse would have happened, you know where you would go, right? And she goes, well, I hope he wants me up there and not down there. I said, oh, you don't understand the gospel. You're missing it. You're putting your faith and trust in what you're doing, and I hope, he, I hope I'm good enough that he'll take me, but if he doesn't, then I guess that's eternity. No, I want the gospel to change my life. I want the gospel to change my heart. I want the gospel to change my thinking. I can't live like that. That's no peace. And so again, he's going, listen, listen, you guys, it's not, you're trying to what? You, you feel like you need to contribute to your own salvation. That, you, you've missed it. The very message that you got saved, now you're distorting it. And so Paul has to address the issue. Paul wanted them to understand that while he didn't come to them preaching with human wisdom, back in chapter 2, verse 1, he said, that doesn't mean I wasn't wise. I actually had a lot I wanted to tell you. I wanted to give you the deep truths of God. He says, but you, you, can, you can understand them. You can grasp them. Because it was spiritual. And you guys were thinking worldly. You were thinking worldly. Now, remember, the Corinthians had the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit. But they were still, they still missed much of what Paul was wanting to teach them because they were thinking from a worldly point of view rather than a spiritual point of view. They were frustrated with Paul's teaching 
because they wanted something deeper. As Paul began to teach them, he was teaching them and giving them the milk of the word. And he was saying, that, oh, we want something deeper. But the problem was is that you can't go deeper because you're thinking worldly. You're not thinking spiritually. And so they're frustrated at Paul. And that's kind of where we pick up the story. He's given us the what? He's given us the causes of division. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos, right? We see personality cults. I like this guy. Please don't listen to that guy. No, this guy's the only way to go. And we do that in our churches today. That's why they're called denominations. Well, I go to this denomination. Well, I go to this church. Well, I do. Well, I'm non-denominational. And, and now we start to divide. That's where we start to divide. What we need to realize is there's one church in Lubbock, Texas. One church. And we might meet in different barns, but there should just be one church. But we've, 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 we've done the same way. And that's why this book is so relevant. Now, we're going to pick up our study this morning in chapter 3. Let's read verses 1 through 9, and then we'll come back and we'll unpack it for some application. Notice what Paul is saying. Here's his thought process. He says, and I, verse 1, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and division among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For, well, for when one says, I'm of Paul, and another says, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? But then, who then is Paul, he says? Who then is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's fields, and you are God's building. Now that's where Paul leaves it. Now next week he's going to tell us about the rewards. The problem is, is I don't know if you know this, but next week, we see that there is actually Christmas in heaven. That's where we get gifts, Christmas, rewards. But we don't want to lose them. He says, but because you're acting carnal, you're going to lose these rewards. It's going to be a sad Christmas morning for you in heaven if you keep acting this way. That's what he's going to tell. So you don't want to miss next week. But let's see what he says here. Let's unpack what he's trying to tell us. Let's break it down. He says, first and foremost, we need to file, guys, in the back of our mind, in the back of our heart, that Paul has a shepherd's heart. And although the first four verses, he's saying, listen, this is what I see. It's very evident and it's very disturbing to the church. He still comes back and he's got a shepherd's heart and he says, I love you. And this is how it works. This is how it works. And here's what I love about Paul. Paul's got a shepherd's heart. And here's why. Because he loves what Jesus loves. And if you and I are ever going to be effective in our lives, if we're ever going to be effective for Jesus, then we have to have the heart of our Jesus. We have to have that heart that goes out and reaches out and loves people and unconditionally just embraces people and, and sees them where they're at. And that's what Paul does. And he does this to the church. So the first thing is we see that he, although, although there's consequences of division, he says, I got to lovingly encourage you. 
So Paul says, now listen, I, look at verse 1. Paul writes, I, dear brothers and sisters. I love that. He's calling them brothers and sisters. He's not mad at them. He's not going, I wish you guys could just grow up. You know, stop it. He's going, guys, brothers and sisters, listen. He says, when I was with you, he says, I couldn't talk to you as I would spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belong to this world or as that you were infants in Christ. Notice the original text. I, wanna, I want you to circle the Bible. I want you to see. And, and he says, and brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to, what's that word, guys? Carnal. Circle that word in your Bible because it's very interesting. Okay? In the Greek, it's sarkinos, and it means flesh or fleshly with the idea of weakness. Flesh with the idea of weakness. Now, why is that important? Because later on, he's actually going to elaborate it in verse 3 when he uses the same word carnal, but he's going to say, no, 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 it's a little bit, it's a little bit stronger word. You go, like, what does it mean? It's actually weakness, weakness with willfulness. Not only are you weak, you're actually willing to be weak. That's the flesh. Now, if, if your pastor came to you and said, hey, you guys are weak, 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 and you're just fleshly, you'd be like, hey, Paul, time out. You see that cuts like a knife, right? It's, it hurts. You're like, wait, I want my pastor to be encouraging. I want him to tell me rah, rah, and lift me up. But Paul says, listen, listen. He says, guys, I came to you, and I thought I could talk to you spiritually, but couldn't because you are, you guys are flesh, And not only are you flesh, but you're flesh with weakness and willfulness. I don't like what Paul says. I'm going to leave his church. Paul says, listen to me. Listen, guys, I love you, and I wanted to talk to you about the deep things of God. I says, but I couldn't. You were carnal. As a matter of fact, you were like babes in Christ. And you're like, what, what, what was he saying there? Well, whenever you see babes, right, it's babes or babies, it's undeveloped who cannot understand the deep truths of God. That's what a baby is, okay? You can't. You can't do it. Paul said, listen, when I came to you and I birthed this church, man, I was feeding you the milk and you loved it. It was wonderful. But you, you can't accept the harder, the deeper truth. You couldn't. He said, you, you, you just couldn't, you couldn't do it. You can do it because you can understand, well, your babies, your babies. And it stands to reason, does it not? It stands to reason. Think about babies, right? Think about the babies. Now, I had Tiffany here first service so I could use her. Tiffany's five months pregnant, okay? Delilah's pregnant. I don't know if anyone else is in here is pregnant, but let's just use Tiffany. Tiffany's five months pregnant. She's going to give birth to a little boy. We named him Hezekiah. They don't know it. And so we'll just call him Hezekiah for the sake of our study. Hezekiah's being born, okay? Now, it would be silly, right? What's the first thing mama's going to do? She's going to give him milk, right? Because that's how babies grow. Could you imagine if Adam said, no, not my son. Give him a steak. He's two days old. No. I say give him a steak. We wouldn't do that. And that's what Paul says. Paul says, listen, you... When I first came to you, you guys were babies. You were, you were eating the milk. You, okay, this is great. He says, but now you should be growing up to where I should be feeding you solid food. And the problem is, is now Hezekiah's 15, and he doesn't want food. He still wants milk. You go, Ben, that's a problem. 
Why? Because if all he did for 15 years was drink milk, he wasn't going to get the nourishment he needed. He wasn't going to grow, was he? And so that's what Paul is telling him. He's saying, guys, I fed you with milk, not meat. He says, you weren't able to handle it. Why? Why should they not be able to handle it now? He says, guys, because you're still carnal. You're still walking in the flesh. You're still walking in the flesh. Oh, how this applies to to us in our day and age. How this applies, right? We're walking in the flesh. Look at verse 3. He says, and as a matter of fact, you guys are still carnal. But that's, that's a different word, guys. This is a word where it's willfulness weakness. You, you really want to do this. You're not interested in growing. Here's the thing, guys. If you'll know, too, in our lives, we have both the spirit and the flesh, right? Two natures in ours. You know what I'm talking about? You've got the spirit that praises the Lord. You know your spirit. Man, you'll hear a worship song. Your spirit comes to life. You're like praising God. You know your spirit. When you hear the word of God, your spirit is alive and it wants to do and it wants to please God. But the problem is, is that we've got this dude too and it's the flesh. And the flesh is, doesn't like God. The flesh doesn't want to do things. The flesh is lazy. Hey, I need to read my Bible. Uh-uh. I'm busy. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. And so now you've got two natures, right? And he's saying, okay, so, so what is it? He says, but the problem is, is that you guys keep walking in the flesh when you should be walking in the spirit. We're walking in the flesh. We're obeying that. We're trying, to, we're trying to grow here spiritually, but we're trying to do it over here in the flesh. Oh, well, Paul has to address them. He says, for you are still carnal. Uh, why? How, how would we be carnal? He says, for where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Listen, jot this down. There's two actions that harm the unity of the church. Two actions that will harm us. You go, what's that? That's envy and strife. Envy and strife. Not just jealousy. Not just jealousy. Envy is much deeper. Envy is much deeper. For example, Tony Early has a nice car. He likes race cars. It's a fast car. Let's just say he has one. Okay? And I say... I'm jealous because I want a fast car like Tony. I want a fast car. Jealous would be like, ah, oh, man, I wish I had it. I, wish he, I just wish I had it. Tony has it. I don't have it. That's jealousy. You know what envy is? Envy is a step above that where he says, I want what he has, and I wish he didn't have it. He says, you, wanna, you, want, you guys want to be, you want unity in the church? He says, you can't have these two. These are destruction." He says, we're envying, and then we're fighting. He says, there's strife in it. There's strife. He says, now, when you do that, it's causing division. He says, are you not carnal? Could you imagine the church? I mean, what do you say to Paul? Are you not carnal? He says, you're behaving like mere men. You're behaving like mere men. The church, guys, is worldly, and it's very clear from the presence of their envy and their fightings and their quarreling over teachers, guess what? He says, you guys are acting like, and mere men is literally in the Greek, according to men, you guys are walking in the flesh. You guys are walking. 
Listen, when there's divisions in our church, when there's, when there is envy in our church, when there is strife in our church, you can be, you can be sure that we're walking in the flesh. We're carnal Christians, which is an oxymoron, is it not? Because a Christian is Christ-like, and Christ was never egocentric. He was never a narcissist. It was always about others, not about himself. And so what we have to do is we have to go, oh, okay, I have to be careful because my flesh wants these things for me, for me, for me. And that's not Jesus. Jesus tells every one of us, guys, if you're going to follow me, I want you to imitate me. I want you to be like me. I want you to seek others above you. I want you to put others ahead of you. I want you to watch not only for your welfare, but for the welfare of your brother. I've given you great jobs and great pay, and and I've given you great gifts so that you can help further the gospel by by simply having the same heart I have. That's what, that's, what, that's what we should be doing. He says, but this church, nah, he says, when, when you're fighting each other about whose church is better, when you're fighting each other about, well, I, God, they, they don't even serve you and they got a bigger house than me and God, they don't even do this and, and they're getting blessed here and oh, I just, why not me? He says, you're acting in the flesh. He says, you're not growing up. And he wants us to grow up. And so what does Paul really mean when he says, you're behaving like mere men? He's actually talking about an unregenerate man after the flesh, not after the spirit. That's what he's saying. He's saying these guys aren't even following what Jesus wants. Paul says this. Now, I want you to keep this in mind. You can jot it down somewhere. He says, their condition, the church's condition is inexcusable. And you go, why? Because he says, you have been saved long enough to have grown up. You've been saved long enough, you should have already started to grow. He says, and you guys are just, you guys are, you're acting like babies. You're acting like babies, right? You're, you're still walking around in the flesh. You're thinking worldly, living willfully in the flesh. And again, think about the baby analogy. Think about that. Okay, you would never give a baby a steak two days old. You would never do it. Yet you would never, you would never let your teenager just drink milk all the time and never give him solid food. You would never do it. You're just like, what? He says, guys, you, you need to grow up. And so what happens about this time in our Bible study, we start looking at ourselves and going, man, Lord, where am I with you? I like what Pastor Sof says. He used to say, and I, I steal it from him a lot, we need to do spiritual inventory. You get to look in your heart and go, where, where am I? Am I growing? Am I growing up? Or, or am I walking, am I a carnal Christian? Am I walking in the flesh? Huh. You see, because that's not the pastor's job to point out your life. Hey, you're in the flesh. Hey, you're in the flesh. Hey, you're doing good. It's God's Holy Spirit that says, where am I? Where am I? What am I doing? You guys, you're thinking worldly, Paul says. You're you're willfully in the flesh. And you know how I know this? Notice in verse 4, he says, for one says, I'm of Paul. And the other says, I'm of Apollos. He says, are you not carnal? So he takes them back to what they're saying, right? 
He takes them back. Think about this. For I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos. He says, are you not carnal? As a matter of fact, I love this, guys, because Paul has the heart of my Jesus, and it's, it's actually in the text. The problem is it's not in this text, but let me say this. If you're taking note, in the original manuscript, in the oldest of manuscripts, it actually says, guys, it actually reverses the order. It says, he says, Apollos, right? And he says, Paul. And again, he's, he's just saying, are you guys, when you do this, are you not carnal? Now, think about it like this, okay? Are we not carnal when we do the same thing in our churches? When we start dividing over denominations and over non-denominations and over who, hey, well, no, I can't go there because I go to this church. Or no, I can't do this because I'm a this. Or I can't do this. We're doing the same thing. He goes, guys, when we start acting that way, we're acting in the flesh. Now, let me, let me set you free, okay? Here's the bottom line. You are free to, to fellowship with anybody regardless of what church they go to. As long as the center is on Jesus. Okay, now I'm going to clarify this, okay? As long as, listen, if we disagree on non-essentials, it's okay. There's non-essentials that we go, well, I don't believe the way he believes, but we, but we can agree to disagree and still be brothers in Christ, Amen. We can do that. That's still my brother. He loves Jesus. I love Jesus. You know, he's a little weird. I'm a little weird. No big deal. But when it comes to essentials, guys, well, that's when we have to kind of go, okay, no, we need to, we need to agree on essentials. You go, like, what's an essential? Well, the virgin birth would be an essential. If your brother in the Lord says, no, I don't believe in a virgin birth, well, that's an essential, and now we, 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 we've got a problem. Okay? If your brother says, I don't really believe in the atoning death of Jesus on the cross, well, now we have a problem because... That we're not brothers. That's an essential. But on non-essentials, we can agree to disagree. For example, there might be somebody in here that thinks, hey, we're not going into rapture. We're going to go in the mid-trib. We're going to go in the middle of the tribulation. Other people in here might go, no, we're post-trib. We're going to go through the whole tribulation. But those are non-essentials. That's not going to make or break your salvation. Amen? So we can still have fellowship. The problem is, is that when we start going, I can't talk to you because you go to that church, or I can't be your friend because you're over there, or I can't be your friend because you don't, you fellowship at this church, then we're being carnal. Here's exactly what Paul says. We're being carnal. He says, we need to be about what? The body of Christ. Now, Paul changes. He goes, now, the gloves are off, but I still got to encourage you. Look at verse 5. He says, who then is Paul? And who then is Apollos? He says, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, I want you to notice the who then phrase. That's very important. Because it's important, because Paul is saying right here, seeing then that you have severely, uh, you severely strive for your so-called favorite teachers, he says, who is Paul then? Who is Paul? Right? And what he's trying to tell us, guys, he goes, I'm nobody. Paul says, I'm nobody. 
You guys are striving. I'm this guy. I'm this. I'm this. He says, I'm nobody. He says, you want me to tell you who we are? He says, we're just those whom God called and used for his service. That's all we are. That's all we are. Guys, that's the same thing here. Your pastor is nobody. Nobody. You see, and it's a, le- it's a little bit easier for me to say, it's a lot easier for me to say, when I look out and I see a handful of people in the room, right? We, but, I mean, I don't know how hard that would be if I looked out into a room and had thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Well, I'm nobody, but look at you, thousands of people came because I speak so well. It's easier to go, hey, I'm nobody, you guys know this, and everybody's like, amen, pastor, you're nobody. But it's a little bit harder when pride comes in and you're like, man, I built this mega church. I bet if I left, the church would fall. Paul says, no, 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 you don't understand. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. What's key, listen, you ready? It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. That's such freedom. That's such, you know why I used to tell the guys, Sof can attest to this. I used to tell the guys, you know why I'm the senior pastor? Because I was the first one that got here. I was the first one here. You're like, really? Yeah, the thing about it is it doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. Because I can't do this church without you guys. Every day, every week, Mel sits over there and he's faithfully, I can't do this without Mel. It's all the same, right? Because it doesn't matter who planted. It doesn't matter who watered. It's all about God. Now, again, this is what I likened it to. This is what I likened it to. Anybody ever get a puppy from, from a, you know, a little small puppy? Anybody ever get that puppy? Yeah, right? And, and then they grow up to be a big dog. Oh, when they're puppies, they're so cute, aren't they? They love scratching you and they're biting you with their little teeth and you just love little puppies. And come on, let's go outside and you do their thing. And then what happens? Then they get to what I call the ugly stage. You guys know what I'm talking about? They're not a puppy, but they're not a full-grown dog. They're in the ugly stage, right? They're literally ugly. Their paws are too big. They're, they're clumsy as all get out, and they chew everything up. Amen. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. She must have a dog. Then they get, then they get to be a dog, and they, they're obedient, and you just love them. That's my, that's my boy. That's my boy, whatever it might be. Uh, listen, our church right now, our church is in the ugly stage, just telling you right now. I was telling somebody, you go, what do you mean? It's ugly? No, no, no. You see, before we were small enough to where I could do everything. We were small, just a handful of people. We just needed a small building. That's so. He's been here forever. Yvonne. But we're not big enough to hire people to help do stuff. So we're in the ugly stage to where I need everybody. Everybody's got to kick in and do this and do that. And it's all volunteer. But eventually, we're going to get to the, the big dog stage. Not because of me, because that's what Paul says. Not because of me, but because, because God gives the increase. God gives the increase. I think of Armando. After seven years, we couldn't get him to stay. I don't know what we could do. We tried everything. 
And as much as we'll miss our brother and sister, we'll see them in heaven if they don't come visit. But you know what God's going to do? He's going to bring us another Armando. Because he's faithful. And they're going to get a wonderful family over there. It's going to be amazing. So what's the source of maturity, guys, in our faith? What is it? It's God. God is the source of our maturity. And in doing so, Paul says, I'm just a servant. Apollos is just a servant. Hey, listen, isn't that a great way to invite people to church? Why? Because you don't understand. Listen, I'll go preach somewhere or even here it happens. I'll give an invitation, right? And people will get saved. They'll come forward. Everybody claps, amen, right? And everybody's like, wow, that was so cool. People got saved. And that happens everywhere I go. But what they don't realize is that you all have been already planting, You've already been talking to somebody. You've already been inviting somebody to church. And what happens is is I just get to water. I just get to water. But it's God who saves them. But you don't realize that you're part of the process. You're like, man, I've I've been witnessing to my coworker for five years, and they won't come to Jesus. And he comes to your church, and he gets saved. No, it's the fact that you've been watering, and you've been planting, and you've been cultivating. And then I get here, and I get to lead them to the Lord. And you know what I do when I leave here? I go, thank you, Lord. Because it's not me. It's not me. As a matter of fact, I got real nervous the last time I taught in Amarillo because Pastor Bill stood up in front of his congregation and goes, this guy has a gift of evangelism. You need to bring everybody. He's going to be, people are going to come. I bet you people are going to get saved. And I felt like it was on me. And I was like, oh, it's not me. It's not me. It's Oh, Lord, please, you got to save people now because Bill said people are going to get saved. And if people don't get saved, I don't know what I'm going to do. And <sighs> You know what I'm saying? It's, it's God who gives the increase, and that's where maturity comes. That's where maturity comes. Verse 8 says, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to what he's done. Guys, listen, that's the whole point. We're going to see Christmas in heaven. And what he's telling us, guys, it's the planter and the water have one single purpose. They're not in competition. Did you hear me? Can I get an amen? They're not in, we're not in competition with each other, the planter and the waterer. Each one will be rewarded on the basis of his or, ho- his or her own work. Why? Paul tells us in verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. We're all God's workers, guys, all of us. Yeah, but you're the pastor. No, no, no. You missed what Ephesians said. Ephesians says, I'm the equipper, but you guys are called to do the work of the ministry. Well, pastor, how come you didn't go to the hospital? Because that's your job. It is not my job. Yes, it is. Read Ephesians. I'm here to equip you and work with you and work alongside you, but I'm going to equip you so that you can be ministers where I can't. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? For we are God's fellow workers. He says... You are God's field. You are God's building. Don't you just love Paul? He uses all these crazy, he uses, he uses the Olympics, he uses running, he uses buildings, he uses fields. I mean, we'll, we'll get more into that next week, guys, but we've got to close our study for right now, and the worship team's going to go ahead and come back up. I want, I, I want to just uh, remind you what Paul is teaching the Corinthian church. What's he teaching, guys? You ready? You can just jot this down. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. That's what Paul's saying. We got to grow up, guys. We cannot keep acting in the flesh. 
We got to grow up. When we continue to walk in a carnal state, listen to me, it will always stunt your spiritual growth. When you walk in a carnal state, it will always stunt your spiritual growth. Even though this church is a mess, and I mean the church in Corinth, we're a mess too, but you know what I'm saying. It's time for them to grow up. It's time for them to grow up. It's time for this church to put away the envy and the strife that's causing divisions. It's time for messy people to grow up. You go, how, pastor? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? The first thing you need to do, guys, is take a spiritual inventory. Ask the Lord, am I growing? You see, because it's not, hey, I come to church, I'm not getting fed. Because if you only ate once a week, you would be sick anyway. We, if we're lucky, we eat three times a day. Every day, breakfast, lunch, snacks, I mean, whatever. You you guys know what I'm saying? We don't do that spiritually. So we should be getting fed three times a day. We should be eating at home as well as being fed from the pulpit. So we can't say, well, I I left that church because I wasn't getting fed. No, no. You need to get fed. You need to be in the word. You need to do a spiritual inventory. The second thing you need to do is ask the Lord, Lord, where am I? Where am I with you? Am I walking more in the flesh or am I, am I walking in the spirit? I want to walk in the spirit, Lord. It's time for me to grow up. It's time for me to grow up. That's all Paul is telling us. That's all he's saying. Lord, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for the truth in your word. We thank you, God, that uh, Paul, you lay it out there. Forgive us of our sins, O Lord. Forgive us for divisions. Forgive us for times that we've just failed you. More importantly, Lord, forgive us when we, for the times we've just walked in the flesh. And we want to grow up, Lord. We want to grow up. We want the deep truths of God. We're, we're ready to have more of the meat than just the milk. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.